When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Jones! Barron! He's got it! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket with me, Simon Hughes, and Simon Mann. And hope you're managing to get out and about with the slow unravelling of lockdown. At least uh, getting to the golf course or getting to the park or, or whatever. Actually, it's weird. It's, it's appropriate in a way that it's at Easter time that we're slowly getting out of lockdown because it feels a bit like a rebirth, doesn't it? And suddenly all the parks are filling up and I guess uh, a few people have got out onto the golf course as well. I've seen people running to the nets to, to play some cricket. So it's really good to sort of feel the country slowly getting back to normal. Uh, one man who isn't back to normal yet is our guest today on the Analyst Inside Cricket podcast, Chris Wokes, who was our guest in the Virtual Cricket Club last night and who is currently incarcerated in a hotel in Mumbai. So we'll let him tell you exactly what's going on in a minute. But just to say first uh, a couple of things. The world's best cricket club has been going well through the winter to raise money for the Professional Cricketers Trust, the charity that supports cricketers who've fallen on hard times we've had an absolute stellar list of brilliant guests and following Chris Wokes last night next Thursday we have David Gower as our special guest and the week after on a Wednesday the 14th of April we have Jeffrey Boycott Sir Jeffrey Boycott I should call him so those are our two next guests and I really urge you to to join this club because we do have an hour and a half with these star ex or current England players. Uh, you can ask them direct questions on screen. There's some brilliant memorabilia to win. Signed World Cup 
pictures and uh, other interesting memorabilia signed by our special guests, as I say, all in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust. It's £6 a month to join, and for that you get four live events, lots of podcasts like this one, and also the opportunity to win uh, memorabilia and to win Lord's tickets as well, Lord's Test Match tickets, which will be up for grabs in the next month or two. So it's really good value, actually, a £6 a month signage to that club. To join, you just go to worldsbestcricketclub.com, worldsbestcricketclub.com, and sign up. Simple as that. And I should also just mention, before we get into Chris Wokes as well, the Cricketer Magazine's 100th year anniversary issue is out. If you haven't seen it already, it's an absolute bumper edition of the magazine called The Finest Century Ever Made. And it really is, actually, because the cricketer surviving pandemics, world wars, financial crises and all sorts of other things over the 100 years. So we tell the story of how it survived through the century and all the influential people in it. Uh, there's, a, there's a big feature, actually, uh, about Pelham Warner, our founder, and some really interesting stuff about him from his granddaughter, Marina, who is still alive. Uh, some great columns, uh, some real interesting stuff from uh, a lot of star uh, people who've written into us and said well done like Stephen Fry like Piers Morgan and others and some usual feet the usual features as well and a big preview of the county season each county gets two pages and also there is the famous wall chart summer wall chart giving you full guidance of what's happening throughout the English summer so that really is well worth getting the cricketer 100th anniversary issue there is a special offer on the cricketer at the moment for £19.21. You can get six editions, so that's a six-month subscription, by going to www.thecricketer.com slash centenary. And to join our cricket club, as I said before, you go to worldsbestcricketclub.com for our next few events. So two really good things to sign up for there. Hope you will. Okay, so let's get to Chris Wokes, and uh, he's had a weird experience over the last few months. Player of the Year last year, the PCA England Player of the Year, hasn't played since. Extraordinary six months, trailing around as 12th man, experiencing quarantine in all sorts of places. Very frustrating, it must have been. And so the first thing I asked him was, how's he dealt with that time in isolation, constantly not able to play as well, being in quarantine in various hotels. What's his secret ingredient for keeping himself sane? I'm still yet to find it, really, although I spent a lot of time on the PlayStation, which for a man of my age shouldn't be doing. But um, it's got to that point with uh, with quarantine and bubble life and stuff and, and all the other boys jumping on the uh, the gaming bandwagon that I've, uh, I've, I've had to join. But... So that takes up a bit of time, but otherwise I try and um, I'll either, I either I try and do a checklist every day and make sure I tick off three or four things to make sure that I've actually done something productive. So that might just be life admin, uh, which I've given an hour to read a book for an hour, um, you know, do do some FaceTime calls with friends and family, um, and also tick off an hour's exercise each day in your room as well. So uh, they've actually given me a, a bike, which you can't quite see, but there's a bike here to uh to my left um which um is keeping me me occupied and keeping me fit whilst in quarantine so that's about it really so when you came from the airport chris you had i mean what what happened you were in a in a van or something from the airport straight to the hotel straight to your room and that's it for a week is it or something like that that is literally yeah that is literally it um 
yeah, you turn up at the hotel, uh, your bags are sanitized, you're sanitized, um, you know, they spray you from head to toe. Um, and you literally, yeah, you, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you, you see people on the way, but you try and keep your distance mm. um, and you literally go to your room and then that's it. You, you, you're there for, for seven days until you clear. I think it's three tests we have. We have one on day one, one on day four, uh, and then another one on day six. And then the result comes back on day seven and then all being well, you're allowed out. So how many times have you done that this winter? I'm just trying to think how many times it would have been. How many tests yeah. have you had? <laughs> oh god i've lost count of the tests that is for sure um i mean the brutal tests were in south africa i mean i've never been <laughs> pretty invasive tests they were they were literally you know they went far put it that way um but no i'm just trying to think I, we did um we didn't do any time in south africa from memory i don't think we i don't think we isolated there um i think i did about a week in sri lanka uh and about a week in india so and then a week now so in total it'll be about three weeks across the winter yeah but also that doesn't count the the five day test and release we had to do when we got back to the uk after india as well so um yeah there's been plenty been plenty so what did you have to do when you got back from india because because you missed the end of the tour didn't you 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 were in that bubble and then watching everyone else play and then yeah uh, probably about the time when um, people saying it's time for him to play it was time to come home yeah that's right I um when the toss went up and I wasn't included in that third test match um they they managed to get me on a, on a pretty quick flight and got me out of India back home um but yeah the same thing back home in a minute there was a an exemption for professional sport where we could kind of just crack on because we were being tested and we we're coming from bubbles uh, but that changed in February and we, ha we have to do five days test and release. So after five days, we have a test back at home, uh, obviously having to isolate for those five days. Um, and, uh, and yeah, if you test negative, you, you're, good to, you're good to carry on. Oh, I mean, it's, a, it's an awful lot to, to, to go through, isn't it? I mean, I know, yeah. I know people have been going through all sorts of things at home as well, you know, and, and obviously a lot of bereavement for some people as well. But um, it, it's um, it, it's an onerous, it's been an onerous winter in that well, sense, especially, especially if you're not playing you as well. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's the probably thing that's, that I found tough this winter, really, is more the fact that having not played, being stuck in these bubbles and, you know, I... I I, I've done a few interviews about my winter recently. And, you know, you don't like to sound like a privileged sportsman, you know, that, that we all get it our own way. But, it, you know, the, these bubbles have been quite, quite tough. Um, you know, mentally, we know people are going through, through hard times at home and, um, you know, isolation and restrictions and lockdowns at home is, is tough as well. But, um uh, these cricket tours aren't normal cricket tours and we are very much locked away almost as like prisoners and you kind of go to the cricket ground come back and then you, you're locked away again so it has been tough and I think not having that mental sort of I don't know kind of having the cricket to kind of focus on from a playing point of view mm. has made it that little bit harder for me I think so how's the IPL going to work out for you, Chris? I mean, what, what happens from now on? You, you get out of the weekend and then it's practice and then straight into the tournament and you're, you're going to be is that sort of lockdown experience that you were talking about going to continue? Uh, I mean, India's uh, COVID rate's going up, isn't it? And I, I'm, there's going to be no crowds at the IPL this year. I mean, it's, it's going to be really weird again. 
yeah, it's going to be strange. So it's kind of, you know, you take one step forward, don't you, two back each time. Um, you know, and that's been the case for the whole year, really. Um, you know, obviously in the UK, we're hoping that things are going in the right direction. The vaccine's obviously a huge part of it. Um, but for now, I mean, the IPL, like I say, India's rates seem to be going up. We're definitely be playing behind closed doors. You can't see that really changing in the near future. Um, but yeah, like I say, I'm, I'll, I'll get out, I'll get myself into training um, and then the tournament starts and I think you know uh, players have kind of got used to playing without fans of course we, we prefer playing with them um, I think we're quite lucky that the sport we play kind of builds its own sort of atmosphere and tension you know there's that Indian England series recently that one day series in particular um, I mean I was watching from home and listening to quite a bit from home um, and I was on the edge of my seat listening to that and, what, and watching that. And obviously there was no fans in the crowd. So I think we're quite fortunate with cricket that it does create that, that sort of buzz and that tension without, you know, without the crowds. We're quite lucky with that. And are you, you're, um, you're obviously playing you know, in amongst uh, a number of other star bowlers, uh, overseas bowlers. You're competing with Henri Nocchi, um, Kigisa Rabada, Tom Curran, uh, who else? Someone else. Um, I mean, it, it's oh, you got they've got Umash, you've got Umash Yadav, haven't you? So I mean, what, yes. when you're in it, yes. and you, this is your third um, IPL franchise, what's it like when you're, um, you know, when you play for England, you're sort of fairly sure of your of your spot, obviously, especially in England. But with this, because you can only play four overseas players, and there's two or three sort of jockeying for one spot. I mean, what's that like? Yeah, it's um, it, as you touched on, it's a little bit different to what like the England stuff. Obviously, um, you generally get a feel for if you're going to play or not quite, you know, relatively soon um, or early on. Whereas with this, I think because you know it's all new to, particularly to me coming into this team. A couple of the guys have been here for. Um, you kind of you've got to try and impress in training, but then at the same time, you do realise that you know they've picked you on the basis that you know you're. Based, they think you're a good player otherwise they wouldn't have picked you off in the auction in the first place so yeah they must like you as a player they must like what skill sets you have um it's just then trying to prove i suppose in practice that for them to give you the nod but like you say you're competing with some really good players um and some world-class players which which makes it hard but at the same time that's what makes it exciting i think um you know ipl is a, a really good challenge you always come up against great teams you look at every lineup they're all filled with world-class players um, and I quite enjoy that competition, you know, trying to get in the team. You know, it's, it's a good good part of the IPR and kind of being able to pick each other's brains around training and things like that with the players that you play against a lot of time around the world. Um, it's such a unique experience. It's also worth remembering you're, you're with a very strong team as well because the, the Delhi Capitals reached the final last time. Okay, the Mumbai Indians uh, beat them every time they played them and they they look the strongest side, but you've got Ricky Ponting as your coach. Steve Smith has, has, has joined yeah. the Delhi Capitals for, for this competition as well. How, how do you see the, the tournament playing out? I mean, do you see yourselves as sort of among the favourites, perhaps second favourite for the, for the competition? Yeah, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? I think with IPL, I always think it's when I played it and when I've just watched it from home. You look at it and I feel like every year you start with a clean slate. Um, almost doesn't really matter what happened the year before. Um, you know, there's, there's always a few few changes of personnel within the teams. So sometimes some coaching staff moved around. Um, I think the teams that have had 
you know, longevity are the ones that have kind of kept teams fairly similar and just tinkered here and there. Um, and that's what Delhi have done over the last few years, to be fair. And they've gone from strength to strength. And they've, you know, like you said, they had a great tournament last year. Um, but Mumbai have been kind of stand out for a few years now, haven't they? And they've, they've built a team around their their Indian batsmen, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we've got a great chance, of course, have, but T20 is so unpredictable at times. It is about getting on runs at certain times of the tournament. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to be a part of, it, part of it. I think, you know, obviously I've had a tough winter with England and it's quite refreshing to come out, come into a different environment, different group um, and completely different tournament um, and see where I go, really. Jacobs uh, asked a question on the on the the, the chat box. It was the same, actually, the same question I was going to ask next is um, no Shreyas Iyer as captain, but so Rishabh Pant is going to be the, the captain. I mean, that's an interesting choice. I mean, and a very interesting cricketer as well. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I remember the first time I played against Rishabh was, um, was a walk game in India, probably, I don't know, it must have been a good four or five years ago. Um, maybe four years ago and he, he played for India A and he came in and from ball one just kind of teed off and whacked in and we were just like whoa who's this who's this young player um, and he just you could just tell he was going to be something special and he's obviously showing that now isn't he I mean, he's obviously had little bits of brilliance over the last couple of years um, but he's really putting it together now as a player and I think he's obviously maturing as a cricketer and um, certainly plays the game in an aggressive manner, which is great to see. Um, you know, thankfully he's on our team and not someone else's. You know, I'd rather be bowling, bowling to him behind the stumps than than him him at the crease. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. It'll be a great opportunity for him to obviously you know take the reins from Shreyas, and unfortunate for him with the injury. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he goes. I think um, he's obviously a fantastic cricketer, but you just hope having the captaincy doesn't take away from from the way he plays his cricket. He talks a good game, doesn't he? <laughs> he, he sounds like, I mean, he certainly has fun and he, he likes a chat as well. Yeah, he does like chat. I remember playing, again, it was an A game at Worcester um, and he was giving oh, yeah, plenty, yeah. Yeah. plenty behind the stumps. It was quite amusing. Um, never abusive or anything like that. Just quite witty, quite fun, um, quite fun character to be around. So um, He, play, yeah, he quite plays with a smile, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Who would you say? I mean, this is a tricky question, I suppose. But is there is there someone that every bowler fears the most in the IPL? Is there someone who you think, oh, just you know, that's the one I want to avoid, or I want to get him out quickly? Oh, I mean, there's there's, there's plenty to be really honest with you. Um, but I still feel out of. I mean, there's there's loads, isn't there? That you, you know, you'd rather not bowl out if you could help it. But um, I think I still feel probably the standouts, A.B. de Villiers, really. Um, you know, he's still Mr. 360. He can kind of, on the flick of a switch, can kind of change a game, can't he? So, um, yeah, maybe still A.B. de Villiers, maybe. But look, I could rip, I could name probably five or ten, to be honest. And Rishad Pant, probably one of those now, to be fair. Yeah. Have you have you spoken to to, to Rishabh Pant very much, or is it one of those things where you, you you're fairly disparate, and then everyone comes together at the last minute, especially this tournament, and then then you sort of build your your team spirit and your yeah. tactics and things like that. Yeah, I think um, I mean I haven't spoken to him for on a on a personal level. Um, we had we've had a couple of team meetings via Zoom already because uh, a lot of guys are still in in quarantine. 
Um, so there's been a couple of, of, of team chats via Zoom. Um, but yeah, I haven't spoke to him individually, but I think it's a matter of, I think the IPL, what happens is you get a lot of guys joining the teams at different times. I mean, the Australians have only just, I think, left Australia today. So they're going to be obviously behind from a quarantine point of view. Um, I don't think they get out until about the 8th or 9th. Um, so I think everyone joins at different times. And I think that's just part of the IPL. You kind of get people coming and leaving at different times and you just kind of get on with it, really. Um, I think the main thing is that everyone's kind of ready whenever they get the nod to play to, uh, to go out there and perform. I see there's a question from uh, Will Gould in the chat box and we'll get um, members' uh, questions on screen a, li a little bit later. Will says, has Chris faced uh, Joffre Archer in the next course? Joffre is not going to be uh, there at the start of the IPL. He's got this, this uh, elbow problem and also that remarkable injury, um, the fish tank injury <laughs> uh, with a bit of glass in his finger. Has Chris faced Joffre Archer in the nets? Yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, I have certainly faced Joffrey in the nets. I don't think I've probably ever felt, ever faced him with him at full tilt. To be honest, um, I think you know, occasionally he's. Um, he obviously probably saves those, saves that for the games or when the when the captain comes into bat. But uh, thankfully, you know, you generally have a bit of a bowler's union. He doesn't really bowl too many bounces or if any at the at your at your fellow bowlers. So thankfully. I haven't faced too much of him, but I try and do my best to avoid him if I can. But uh, if you look at the, the whiteboard at the start of training and see where you're bowling and see where you're batting, you, the first thing you look at is where am I batting? Who am I facing? <laughs> and if it's anyone quick, you're like, oh, God, not, that's not, the, not him again. But um, you've got Andrich, you've got Nocky and um, Rabada to face Nocky. in your Delhi nets. I mean, they'll be yeah. spicy, won't right. they? But, uh, yeah, I remember in, at the start of the summer when we had that camp, um, the COVID camp type thing at the start of summer last last year. Uh, and I think I had, um, was it Woody and Joff? I think it might have been Woody and Joff in my net. And I was just, I was like, what's going on here? I'm, I must be the net tester or something. Opening <laughs> the batting against Woody and Joff. I was like, maybe I'm batting three this test match or they're just checking the nets. <laughs> the guinea pig. What, just, what, just one more question about the IPL quickly. Um, what do you try and get into? A, a, I mean, I remember from I, I spent a bit of time with the Royals um, in two years ago when it was in India last, and they they sort of tried to set up their daily routine a bit on what they call on English time, actually, because your matches are finishing after midnight. And yeah. then by the time you've got back to the hotel, chilled out a bit and had a beer or something, it's sort of three o'clock in the morning, three or four in the morning. Uh, and then you kind of go to bed and sort of sleep till midday. So you're, th that's what they were doing, kind of almost on English time, four and a half hours ahead of us. Um, does it, is it a question of sort of almost realigning your body clock a bit because you're starting, you're not starting work effectively until sort of six or seven in the evening? Yeah, that's right. We, um, I mean, you play literally one or two day games maximum, don't you? So, um, yeah, whenever I've been to IPL, that kind of seems to be the norm, really. Um, breakfast becomes lunch and, and lunch becomes dinner type thing. And, and you go and, and try and sleep a little bit later than you usually would um, because there's no real reason to get up at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning when your game doesn't start till 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, is it? So, um, you know, and... I think naturally players, you know, pre-game get 
you know, those pregame nerves. Um, and they use it quite that uses quite a lot quite a lot of your your energy, um, especially your mental energy. So um, the last thing you want to be doing is getting up so early that you you're absolutely knackered by the time the game starts. So generally, that's what what I've tried and, and what a lot of people do try um, at IPL. I mean, you never have a morning practice at IPL as well, so your training is always either you know mid afternoon or an evening practice. So um, kind of makes sense to do that, yeah. The key thing then is the the do not disturb button or little oh, hanging label on, yeah, your, on your hotel. Otherwise, you've got the cleaners in at eight in the morning, haven't you? That's right. You don't want to forget to do that. Otherwise, your sleep is well and truly interrupted. And whoever, to anyone who hasn't been to India, if you don't put that on the door, yeah. they're ringing every half hour. I don't <laughs> know what the reason. They ring every half an hour. And if you do put it on the door, if you do put it on the door, the room isn't clean for about a week as well. They never go in, do they? (laughs) So listen, anyway, let's um, let's recap. You talked about your batting before. Let's um, recap um, one of your career highlights with the bat anyway, uh, which was your 100 at Lords in 2017, was it? A game in which you also took 10 wickets. So you're on both honours boards. One of only about three quickers ever done that. Great innings. Um, what, what are your memories of that of that innings? Um, I remember back, I batted seven that game, um, and you know I think it was because Stoke. It was actually the it was the game that Stokesy had his trial, um, so that was the reason why I played. I came into the side um, for Stokesy kind of thing to to bolster the the kind of all rounder role, um, and yeah, I I got the opportunity to bat seven, which. Some people might think it's a bit high, but you know I always have have ability in my batting, and kind of went to the crease. And we, were, I wouldn't say we were in trouble, but it was a low scoring game up until that point. Um, we certainly bowled India out for a cheap score, um, and it was just about trying to build a partnership with Johnny at the other end. Johnny was obviously the batsman, and tried to build a little bit of partnership with him, and then um, just found I think the sun came out at one point, and it, all of a sudden the pitch felt felt pretty good to bat on all of a sudden and um, we kind of made the most of it and, and kind of took the attack, almost counter-attacked against the, uh, the Indian bowlers and um, I remember Johnny was on about 70, I must have been on about 60 and before I knew it I looked up and I was on 90 and he was kind of on something similar to what he was before um, so I raced past him and um, I, the only thing that I regret about that day is probably not taking in the the actual 100 moment a little bit more than I probably should have Um is all a bit of a blur and probably kind of rushed my celebration a little bit, but um, it's something which I never really ever dreamed of because I didn't think I'd really have the opportunity to to make a hundred um, in in the well at Lords, let alone playing playing for England. So um, yeah, pretty special feeling really. I've never been in that position before, especially for England in front of a full house at Lords. Um, so that puts a little bit of pressure on it, doesn't it? But um, it was more the fact that. Just a little bit after, I think I'd like to have maybe just looked around a little bit more and, and took in the standard innovation. That's the only thing I'd like to have done a little bit more of, um, you know, because when you're in the moment, it all happens so fast. But uh, still, incredible moments, remember. Good scoring, right? 100 runs off 129 balls, blimey. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I, I kind of raced from 70 to, to 90 real quick. Um, I remember hitting four or five boundaries in the space of no time. So uh, maybe I was getting nervous and started playing a few more shots. <laughs> and, and is that a, an innings you keep? Are you one of those players who keeps likes to keep 
certain performances, you know, in your iPad or laptop or whatever to to look at before a match? Well, it's funny you ask that actually, because that's quite it's quite funny how you said that because I um I had a bit of a barren run actually over the last until last summer. I was having a bit of a, a tricky time with the bat. Well, particularly hadn't scored any runs anyway. Every time I went to the crease, I don't think I got past five for for about five or six innings for England. Um, and I was tinkering with my technique a bit, and um, I spoke with with a few different coaches about you know what they thought. And then in the end, I actually I was trying that many different things. I actually just went to the analyst and asked for that footage, um, and had a look at the whole innings, not just the runs, not just the boundaries, but every single ball, and just kind of looked at my trigger. Um, looked at the timings of my movements and things like that. And um, this was in the middle of the summer last year. And then the next test match, I actually scored that 80, 84 and out to win the game. Um, and it might be complete coincidence, but it kind of just reminded me that actually sometimes you look for things that actually aren't there and aren't wrong um, and aren't actually the, the, the issue. Sometimes it's kind of a mental thing and you just need to go out there and try and be confident and, and actually get past your first 20 balls, get get to 20, then all of a sudden the whole game is a lot easier. So um, I'm, I'm glad that I did that, but whether it's coincidence or, or not, I don't know, but um, that, that certainly seems to, to be the case. It was a remarkable test match that, and, and when Ollie Pope got that ball uh, that, that sort of leapt at him on that, what turned out to be the final day, yeah. and you, you were going out there with Josh Butler, I mean, did, you, did you really think it was on? Or do you, th- you think actually this this pitch is a bit too tricky and and the the target is just a bit too much for us against their bowling attack on that surface? I mean, what's what's the sort of the, the level of belief when you go out to bat in that s- situation? I think when you first go out, you don't even you kind of take the the winning total out of it. Well, um, that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, I mean, having seen what Popey had just faced, I was like, I was starting to think, God. Just want to come out of here alive, to be honest, or <laughs> without a, without a broken wrist or a broken arm. But um, I think once you face a few balls and you you know because when you first go out there, all you're doing is focused on the ball. You know, you're not focused on anything else. You're not worried about the scoreboard. Um, and again, kind of just like what I've just said, once I got to to 15, once I got to 20, once I faced probably 25, 30 balls, um, and you build a partnership with with your guy at the other end who was Joss that day. Um, you kind of then start to get into the game and start thinking about the total and start thinking about what's possible. And I think me and Joss both by that point, when we both kind of started to build a partnership, we're in a position where we're like, right, we can do this. Of course, it's going to be tricky, but we've got to believe. And, you know, we kind of certainly had the belief that we could go on and do it. Um, Of course, there's a long way to go, but I think you have to believe deep down that you can do it. Otherwise, there's not much point being out there. Mm. Yeah, it was, an, it was an extraordinary game, really, and to, to win from that position. Mm. I, mean, I mean, it felt like it felt like Pakistan's match for, I don't know, almost seven eighths of the game, something like that, and then yeah. you ended up winning reasonably comfortably in the end. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, had Joss not got at the end, it would have been, you know, it would have been a breeze, wouldn't it? Um, mm. But um, an amazing. It's one of my one of my favourite moments in England show. It certainly is. I mean, like you say, to win. To win a game from that position against a you know a talented Pakistan side in in conditions which were you know very much suited to them, the ball was spinning, uh, the wicket was going a bit up and down, the sort of kind of 
things that they thrive on in this the fourth inning of the test match when you know they seem as kind of love bowling on that sort of surface. So um yeah, an amazing win. Um and really, you know, really one to remember that partnership with Josh was was fantastic. I, you know, I just wish Josh had Josh hadn't quite got out when he did and we'd have both walked off together, would have been kind of he certainly deserved that. It was a shame that he couldn't walk off, but even still we won the game, which is the main thing. One more question, really, about the sort of relation with the IPL and county cricket. So, you know, four or five years ago, you'd have now been shaping up with Warwickshire, probably, you know, on the nursery ground at Edgebaston, warming up for first county match. And now you're in India for two months. Is it is it a weird feeling not being involved in county cricket now, this time, April, May? Or have you kind of got used to it? And, and if you haven't got used to it, how do you sort of overcome it? I would say I've, I've definitely got used to it. I think at first, when I first did it, I was a bit, um, you know, it felt a bit wrong and it felt didn't quite feel quite right. Um, but I think as time's gone on and the more, more times you do it, it becomes the norm. Um, and actually now it's quite nice not to be having to field balls in, in March and in April in the freezing cold. Um, but at the same time, it does, it is, it is a bit strange. It's a bit, of, you know, a bit of a, a weird feeling knowing that, that Warwickshire and, you know, the counties are are in the thick of things start of start of the county season but it becomes the as I said it just becomes something that you get used to and it doesn't mean I don't focus on what's going on back home I still keep a, a real on tabs of what's happening um keep in touch with everyone at, at Warwickshire and um and obviously with England as well because you know obviously the English summer's around the corner as well and so I mean does it is there a tendency to get or is there a, a, a do you feel a bit detached from Warwickshire I think, because you're not there every day, sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think that's not not an IPL thing. I think that's just a, an England thing. When you become a centrally contracted player for England, um, more so now than maybe the, back ten years ago or even less time than that, that we don't we don't necessarily play for our counties too often. Um, you know, the international schedules. If you're playing three formats or two formats, um, you kind of just don't have time to play for your county. Um, and when you do, it's usually a semi-final or a final where, you, you know, they obviously they want you to play um, to maybe boost their chances potentially. Or, you know, it, it, that's the only time really that you, you get an opportunity to play, which which means you're doing well because you're, you means you're a, you know, a mainstay in the England team. But, you know, it is a shame that the, the England players don't probably play as much for their counts as they, as they used to. But it's purely down on scheduling. There's just so much cricket going on. Have you ruled yourself out in your own mind of playing in, I mean, you've got a very good record at Lords. Have you ruled yourself out effectively that first test match of the summer against New Zealand at the start of June? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, obviously, I, the tricky thing is, obviously, a lot of the guys had committed to IPL before those test matches were announced or, or put in the schedule. Um, and then obviously they're put in and then you know, it, it's a tricky situation to be put in. Um, I mean, look, I don't want to miss a test match at Lords. Of course I don't. Um, one, my record is good there. And also, you you know, you're representing England at Lords. It's it's, it's a huge honour. Um, I think that's something just to, to look at further down the line. The final of the IPL is on the 30th of May. Um, if Delhi wasn't to make that final, or for instance, I wasn't 
looking like I'd, I'd played many games by then and wasn't going to be in, in with featuring in the games. That's the discussions we had with with the hierarchy here, if they could potentially let us go um, a week early or so to, to hopefully prepare for a test match at Lords. Um, if Delhi do get to the final and I'm in around the squads, unfortunately, I think it, you know that at the minute, unless the ECB were to call us back, it's hard for us to to kind of pull the pin having committed to the IPL. Mark, you're yeah. on the screen. Hi there. Hiya, how are you? Good, good evening. How good are evening, you? Sirs. Yes, very good, thank you. Hiya, Chris. Good. Thanks for coming on. Hi, uh, Mark. Couple, no problem. Hiya. A couple of questions. Um, you play quite a bit of cricket. Who was the favourite? What's the favourite wicket? You've got a player. Which one's the favourite? Secondly, um, who's the next big player would you like to get out? Is it Coley or one of the other players? Okay. Um, oh, good question. My favourite wicket. I think my favourite wicket would have to be um, David Warner in the semi-final of the World Cup semi-final. Um, yeah, in fact, comfortably over wicket all time, comfortably. Um, and the player that I'd like to get out most, um, probably have to be one of my England teammates. Um, who should we say? Johnny Bester. I'd really like to send Johnny back to the pavilion. That'd be nice. <laughs> Goody, good question. Well, uh, tell us about the, the Warner wicket. Why did you like that so much? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I mean, World Cup final, sorry, World Cup semi final at Edgbaston, my home ground. Um, he'd already hit me for two fours, I think it was prior to that. It was the opening, um, first over of a, of a World Cup semi final. He wanted to set the tone. I remember him hitting me for four first ball. Uh, and then my next over, he hit me over the top uh, for one bounce four. And it was that very next ball I, I nicked him off. Um, and I don't know. It's just one the fact that obviously he was he looked in good form that day, which was which is worrying. You know, when he's in in good nick, you know, you want to get him early. Um, but it's also the occasion, the fact that I was at home, Edge Baston semi final uh, of a World Cup against the old enemy. Um, you know, to get him. I, in fact, where where he nicked the ball to, to first slip to Johnny at first slip, behind them in the crowd was my was my mum uh, was my dad and my brother. Um, it was almost like it was perfect. So it was, um, yeah, it was a nice moment. Oh, brilliant. Lovely story. Catherine's here. And I think Catherine's probably, you've probably got a World Cup question as well, haven't you, Catherine? I do, yes. Uh, when, the player, uh, when the World Cup final went to a super over, I was convinced that you were the man for the job. Was there any discussion about you bowling it? And would you have wanted that responsibility? Well, thankfully, there was no discussion of me having it. Um, because there'd have been a few nerves flying around, that is for sure. But it's, it's one of those, I think, once Joffre had been, um, was in our team, he was always our go-to death bowler from, from when he got into the team, particularly in that start of the World Cup. So almost my role kind of changed slightly, um, which was fine. Um, but there was no doubt when um, all of a sudden there was to, it was to a super over and we were in the changing rooms, I was just like, I was waiting for Morgs. Is Morgs going to come and tap me on the shoulder here or not? Um, and then I saw him speaking to to, to Joffre, so I kind of assumed that uh, he was going to go to Joffre, um, which is fine. Obviously, if Morgs had asked me, then I would have obviously said yes. There was no way you could turn down that job. Um, you know, you're in the team as a as a as a main bowler to to do those jobs, and 
I'd have had to have taken it and try and do my best. But um, yeah, thankfully, Jofra got the job done. What, what was it like for you, Catherine? You were watching. Were, were you thinking it's a bit of a risk? Yes. Being Jofra the ball? Yeah, in fact, I think I put on all my social media things. Why aren't we bowling Chris Wokes? So at least Jofra proved me wrong. <laughs> But where, where were you I appreciate, feeling, I, I appreciate the confidence you have in me there. I really do. <laughs> where were you fielding, Chris? Did you did you even touch the ball in the Super Over? I can't remember. No, I didn't. I didn't. I was at um, I was at fine leg on the rope for all the deliveries to Nisham, um, and then so this is something which I always forget. I think I was on the rope for the for the cocktail ball as well, but. As soon as it was hit, I just started steaming into the circle. I was in the semicircle. Uh, sorry, I was in the in a ring by the time Joss took the uh, took the bales off. So I assume I just ran in. But um, I think it was at fine leg for both both. Sorry for all deliveries. Yeah, mm. you you must have had a great view of the final ball then, if you were in the circle, sort of more or less square of the wicket, were you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was. Um, I was kind of at forty five, short forty five by the time that. The thing that I really remember so clearly um, was the um, the noise that Stumps made when Joss took the um, took the bales off. I still kind of have that sort of sound in my head. It's um, it's incredible, incredible moment. Well, we've got some extra guests. That's nice. <laughs> Introduce yourselves, everybody. So yes, we have myself, Paul, and we've got Oliver here on the right hand side, and Jasper on the left hand side. And um, they've each got a question for you. Um, um, Oliver, I'll let you start off. Um, how nervous were you bowling the first ball of the World Cup and especially the second one after the first one went wide? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for reminding me. Um, to be honest, I was actually it's the, probably the most nervous I've probably ever been on the cricket field. Um, just knowing that I you know, had to bowl that first ball of a, of a World Cup final, everyone watching. Uh, you know, naturally, I'm... I, I get nervous before the first ball of, of any cricket match. It doesn't matter what format it is, what status the game is at. You know, it could be a, a simple county game for Warwickshire or it could be a you know a final for, for England. Um, you always have those first ball nerves. Um, to be honest, that first ball, I was just glad that it hit, hit the landing strip, to be honest. Um, but um, no, I wasn't, to be honest, I was a lot less nervous having the first one be for a while. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a horrendous wide, so to speak. Um, it wasn't a Harmison. Yeah. It actually just swung swung a little bit down more than I expected down the slope, to be honest, at Lords. So, um, no, I, I, was, I was fine with that. No problems. Do you, do you ever get nervous, Oliver? Do you play cricket uh, and do you get nervous? Yes. Yes. Okay. Especially when I have to bat the first, uh, the, uh, for the first time or bowl the first time. Okay. What's What's your solution to nerves? How do you cope with them? Yeah. No, how would you tell are, a kid to cope with them? Yeah. No. Nerves are good. Nerves are nerves are part and parcel of of the game. Means you care. Means you want to do well. Um, so there's no there's no problem with having a few nerves. It's just kind of acknowledging that they're there, reacting, and just kind of then really handling your focus a little bit more because it's easy to think oh I'm nervous I'm nervous and not actually concentrate on what you're actually trying to do and I think what I've learned to do over my career is realize that you're nervous which is fine which is good it means you care but um it's then just thinking right what have I got to do really nail your, your skill and just focus on what you need to do hi Richard 
Hi, Simon. Uh, hi, Chris. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Um, my question is around bowling. Um, by some, you'll see as a bowler can only be successful in English conditions. Do you think that's fair? And obviously played a part in, in the selection of the of the winter months just gone by. Uh, and the second part is what do you think you can do to change people's opinions, which for what it's worth, I think are wrong, that you can succeed abroad as well as much as you can in England? Yeah, it's um there's no doubt about it, the fact that it's harder for an English seamore to 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 perform better abroad than it's um in their home conditions. Um naturally that's always going to be the case. I think the amount of test matches I've played away from home kind of, I feel, scuppers the the statistics a little bit. Um, you know, I haven't played a huge amount of games away from home. Um, and when I have, I've, I've generally been a first change bowler as well. I don't really tend to get to get the new ball or use the newer ball. But um, one thing that I, I did did learn from last winter was was trying to be as accurate as I can be with the with the Kookaburra ball. Um, and worked on worked with Darren Goff and Chris Silverwood on a few different things, and I had some good rewards last winter, um, albeit only for two Test matches, um, one in New Zealand and one in South Africa. But I saw some good success, and they, those were due to the changes that I'd made, and they, they weren't massive massive changes. It was more, probably more of a change in mindset more than anything. Um, so I was what about just being to... content about bowling a maiden, do you mean, rather than worrying yeah. about the fact that it wasn't moving or something? No, I th that that as that as well. But I was also trying to bowl a little bit more of an aggressive length. I think in the past I've bowled a little bit short away from home um, by trying to bowl a little bit quicker and into the pitch. I've actually bowled a little bit short, but you still need to bowl with that same intensity and same aggression, but that fraction a bit fuller. Um, so almost be a little bit more, I suppose, be willing to to go for runs. Almost that's the way you got to always got to be willing to go to runs to, to, to create chances and to create um, to create wickets. But um, that that seemed to work for me in the two test matches that I had last winter. Um, I was looking forward to, to trying to implement that this winter, but obviously didn't get an opportunity. So um, that's where that's where we are with that, unfortunately, Richard. Right, we've got Mike here, have we? Hi, Mike, I think. Hello, good evening, gentlemen. You're, um, you're a new recruit, are you? Is that Relatively. Right? Relatively, yeah, yeah. No, good, good thanks. Good, good thanks for doing this. Where are you based? Um, in in God's country, God's place Himself, Birmingham. So, oh. you know, you. Unfortunately, you. unfortunately, Christo, wrong wrong team for you, mate. I'm a blue nose, so oh. You're not blue and white, are you? I am. Yeah, sorry. It's gonna. It's got off to a bad start, hasn't it? Now, should I? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll let you off. I'll let you off, mate. Cheers, mate. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, just a couple <laughs> of questions, really. So, um. Do you want to know sort of how long you think you'll continue playing for England? And, you know, if the time, when the time comes, do you see yourself returning to Warwickshire for a couple of years? Sort of Marcus Treskoffic style or do you think that'll probably be the end of your career? And the second question, a little bit of a cheeky one. You're obviously the owner of the best hair in sport. Um, <laughs> if you've just got any tips on what to do. Um, I know I've got a bit of a lockdown thing going on at the moment, but any tips... <laughs> Uh, would be appreciated. Brilliant. Um, so, mate, regarding playing, um, I'm keen to, to to play for as long as I can. Obviously, I want to play for England for as long as possible. Um, I mean, I've just turned 32. I'd probably like to think that I'm probably in the peak still of my career. I still feel like I've got a lot to give. Um, certainly, still got a lot to improve on. 
um, you know, I look at the likes of, of Jimmy and and Brody and, you know, what Jimmy's doing at the minute and he's at his age is, um, you know, people keep saying, when's he going to finish? But there's no there's no end in sight for him. Um, you know, he's as fit as he's ever been and he's bowling as well as he's ever done. So, um, you know, hopefully I can take some inspiration from that. Um, you know, whenever my international career does come to an end, I think I would like to, to go back to Warwickshire and, and give something back, a little bit more back to them. Um, and hopefully perform perform well at county cricket for a few years. That would be something which I'd like to do, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's tricky being an England player. You don't get to to go back to Warwickshire, as we were talking about earlier, um, as much as you'd probably like to, but it's just because of the scheduling. I, I love going back and playing for Warwickshire. Um, you know, I've been there ever since I was a little boy. So certainly would like to go back there and play a few years, definitely. Regarding the, the Barnet, mate, uh, you've got some good length there. You're not you're not losing it. So um... I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, and this is a little bit sort of a confessional. I've took pictures of you into the barber before and said I want my hair like you, <laughs> and it's never quite worked for me. This is April so, first. This has got to be. No, yeah, honest to God, like you know, but they've never quite got it. Lord, I just wanted to know if there was anything they could do, like, but yeah, mate, you just gotta go. Only thing I say, you got to go short. This is a terrible lid for me at the minute, mate. It needs a desperate <laughs> quick cut. Short, short fade into the sides and the back, and then just leave a bit of a quiff, mate, and you just, oh. just swoop it. You over. need one of these, don't you? You need, a, you need one of these. And I, I guess the other thing to say about Chris's hair is at least it's his own, which uh, isn't the case with one or two of your colleagues, but we won't go there, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, we've got Will. Hi, Will. My question to you, Chris, is kind of what the ECB should do um, more about promoting the game. Now, yes, we have got the ECB, uh, they do the initiatives with, you know, the All-Stars and the uh, Dynamo's cricket um, thing that they do for the younger kids. It's coming from professional players, obviously played the game. What, what, do you, what do you think they should do about it? For me personally, obviously growing up, I used to watch cricket on TV um, and it was on free-to-air te- television. Um, and that part of the reason why I watched cricket, because if, we, if it had all been on Sky, I wouldn't have watched it. Um, and I think that's a real big thing that the ECB can look to do in the future. I know we've that we've certainly had that with, with the World Cup, um, which was obviously and brilliant. And Channel 4 coverage as well, with that being, on, that being obviously on free-to-air, obviously when you guys were obviously out in India, obviously. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big thing. I, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because... Obviously, the game is, you know, financially, you get a lot of money from from broadcast rights, and obviously, Sky pump a lot of money into the into the game, um, and that's that obviously gets filtered down all the way through to grassroots. So it is tricky. It's hard to just say, oh, it should just be on free to air. But um, I think that would have a big impact on on people actually getting to view the game and therefore maybe falling in love with it. I think the thing that it's focused on. On, young, on the younger generation is because, you know, the game, you don't want the game to die out um, and you need the younger generation to take the sport up so that we've actually, you know, the, the, the game continues for years to come. Um, so I think the ECB are doing good things from that side of things um, in terms of the Dynamos and the, the All-Stars. Um, with regards to promoting the game elsewhere, it, it, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky scenario because, I mean, what ideally you'd like is you'd like players to be able to get the, get themselves out there and get themselves in the public eye and and kind of do events like that where you know people see these cricketers actually actually in the in the 
in the flesh at the minute with COVID. That's obviously quite tricky to do. Um, so it, it, it's it's a hard it's a hard balance. I think the reason that people get into the game is because they get into it at a young age, and I think that's the reason why the ECB um, have gone down the route that they have. I think it's hard to to kind of get a 20, 25, 30 year old plus to all of a sudden take the game up out of out of nowhere. Um, I think that's kind of the reason why the ECB have gone down the route that they have. Can we do the quiz, Simon? Yeah, last requirement of your of your late evening in in Mumbai, uh, Chris, is the quiz. Every, everybody who comes into the uh, virtual cricket club does the quiz. This quiz is called, as you saw from the leaderboard, there. It's called "How Well Do You Know Yourself." Yeah, it starts with a bit of music. And it's ten questions. Uh, question one: Name two England Test players who were in the England under-19 side with you in 2007. So two players who've gone on to play Test cricket, who were with you in the under-19 okay. side in 2007. Uh, Stephen Finn. And... Oh, Liam Dawson. He's got it! Well done. Yeah. Do you know who the third one was? I was going to say Stuart Meeker, but then I think he's only played ODIs. He he was in the side, but I think he has only played ODIs. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Adam Lythe was the other one. Okay, good. Question one out of one. Question two. Where did you score your first Test 50? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, Not as difficult as you think. Thoughts? He's got it! Very good. What game Who's was it? it? Was that against Sri Lanka, was it? Should have got 100 that day. Gave it away. 66 against Sri Lanka, 2016. Right, so two out of two. Question number three. Everyone remembers their first test wicket, but that's not the question. Yeah. Who was your second test victim? <laughs> oh, God. Who was your second test victim? And a cl little clue, it was nearly a year later. It was at Old Trafford. Oh, Murley VJ? Ooh! He's got it! <laughs> oh, God. Wow. I'd say, well, to be fair, if you hadn't said, if you hadn't said Old Trafford, there's no way I'd have got that. No way I'd have got that. Well, we do like to help people a little bit, but that's, but, you know, we didn't give you, we didn't say, we didn't go any further than that. So, three out of three. Okay, well done. Yeah, three out of three. Question four. What were your bowling figures in the World Cup final? Oh, three, four... Three for thirty-eight. Give him that. Thirty-seven. He's got it. He said it. He said it. Well, it. Three for thirty-seven. He's got it. He's got it. Fifty-seven was it? Yeah. 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 We'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Four okay. out of four. So four out of four. We the, the, the question masters get a bit tougher if you start well, to do if you start to do well. So um, <laughs> question number five. Um, if you get this one, I'll be surprised. Um, but anyway, you might. You might not. Anyway, this is. I think this is the hardest yeah. one of all. Question number five. Who was your first ever first-class victim? West Indies at A. Oh, oh no. Renarco Morton? I thought this was a difficult who question. Who was it? Who, it, was... it was the West Indies A captain, Sylvester Joseph. Anyway, a tough one, I admit. That was, that was one of the hardest questions we've had. But anyway, four out of five, Chris. Yeah. Question six. 
what is your batting strike rate in ODI cricket? And we'll give you a choice here. Is it 75, 80, 85 or 90? Your ODI strike rate batting. I know what I'd like it to be. I don't know if it is. Uh, is it 85? <laughs> oh, I'm lower. Is it lower? It must be lower. Than it. Can't be 90. No, it's, it's 90. 90. It's 90.87. Oh, well, it's a bit. Doing it's yourself bit, down. I was going to say, that's a bit quick for me. I didn't, I didn't realise it was that good. You're a better player than you even you think. See? It's nearly, it's nearly a run of ball, that. Get a yeah. order. Get you up there. We'll get you in the team first, for Christ's sake. Anyway, right. Well, you weren't available, <laughs> I suppose. You weren't available for those last three, so <laughs> never mind. Anyway, they missed you. Okay, so that's four out of six. Four out of six. Um, okay, question number seven. This, oh, this is quite a difficult question as well. This was set yeah. by yours, I think. How many professional wickets have you taken? That's first class, test, list A, and T20. 662, 762, or 862? I think it is 772. No! You're too modest. You're kidding me. What is it? Is it less than that? It's 862. It's eight. Yes, 862. Oh, God, that's that's good. I'm impressed by that, actually. <laughs> okay, so what, what are we... Four, that's four out of seven. Yeah, um, four out of seven. You're fading yeah, here. I need, to get, I need to get a few right here. Okay, right. So question eight. What happened to the last competitive ball you bowled? The last professional game I played must have been um, England versus Australia at Old Trafford, last ODI. Mm. Yeah, correct. And my last, my last ball. Yeah. I know the scenario. I, I finished my ten quite early because me and Joff were we put we but we came back and bowled early and took quite a few wickets, um, and kind of pegged them back. But I couldn't tell you what my last delivery. I'm assuming it was maybe a dot. Was it a dot ball? <laughs> it wasn't a dot ball. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean that was a, that was a good <laughs> guess. No, I think it's a bit of a harsh question. Probably it's my fault. But it's actually it was a tennis. A tennis smash for two by Glenn Maxwell down the ground. In in that in part of that partnership, I'll I'll give you half a mark for that because it was a bit of a tough question, and you got the, at least you got the game anyway. So give you half a mark for that. Oh, I think I tell you what. I, oh no, I've got the game wrong there. I thought I was talking about the second game, not the last game. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. All right, I'll but give I'm you no not. points. Then you got it all wrong. <laughs> right, no, zero for yeah. that. Right. <laughs> It was the last game when um, Alex Carey and Max will put on about 200. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, right. Well, that's five out of eight, isn't it? Yeah, four out of eight, unfortunately. Is it four out of eight? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah, four. Yeah. Right, question number nine. Put the test bowling averages in England of these three in order. Lowest first. So the three are you, Fred Truman... Or James Anderson, test bowling averages in England of those of those three. You say Truman. Truman's probably got the lowest. Now your big decision. I don't know. I feel like this is a bit of a trick question somewhere. So I'm going to say that I'm next, and then Jimmy. He's got it. Yes. He's the correct answer. He's the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. 
So five out of nine. You've gone past Alistair Crowley. So we'll give you that. Truman, 20.04. Wokes, 22.87. Yeah. Anderson, 23.83. And you've also got a better average than Broad as well in England. Take that. Good man. Some big names there. Right. So that, that is the five out of nine. And the final question is, what do the England lads call you generally and why? What is, the, what is their favourite nickname for you? And why do they call you that? It's not Captain America, is it? He's got it! Very good. Like and it. why are you called that? Well, I assume because they think that I look like him. I don't know. Because you haven't got a hair out of place. That's right. The hair. It's the hair. Excellent. Okay, <laughs> what's that? Six, six out of ten. Six out of ten. Well done. Well done, Chris. Six out of ten. <laughs> It was quite, it's it's quite a tough quiz. Right. There. Was, yeah, there were some tough questions in there. Mm. There were some toughies. There were mm. some toughies. Mm. But they do call you Captain America sometimes, don't they? Yeah, they do. You see, you're right. Wood, Stokes. Um, yeah, Wood and Stokes, mainly, to be honest. Stokes is a big um, big Marvel fan, so I think Stokes, he might have started it, actually. Very good. Well, you, you still haven't got hair out of place, even though you've got six out of ten. And um, tell us um, what, what you know, you are well known, obviously, as the nicest man in cricket. There must be something that makes you angry. When do you lose it? And what, what about? It, it's, it's funny. I, I get angry all the time on the field, but people just don't really notice it. I mean, I, most bowlers will tell you that the most annoying thing as that can happen to a bowler, is going for runs. Just full stop. Anyone hitting me for runs, it's like a dagger into the heart. It doesn't matter whether it's an extra single or, you know, it, it's not many runs or it's a one overthrow or something. That, that, those are the sort of things that really, really, like batsmen throwing the ball at the stumps when there's no point whatsoever for a run out and it ricocheting off and going for runs. That probably winds me up the most, to be brutally honest. Um, and then obviously there's times when you, as a parent as well when you, you're just pulling your hair out um, it'll only get worse don't that, worry not much really not much else well, listen anyway um, many thanks for your time it's now what 11 nearly 11.30 so it's, it must uh, be yeah. your bedtime although I know you need to get on kind of evening time sort of sync in a way but anyway Chris, thanks yeah. for having me See you in the summer sometime. Best yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Chris, thank you very much. Uh, brilliant. And um, keep it up, Captain. Captain America. <laughs> just, just hope you get a game for the, for starters. Yeah, and I'm sure you do too. Right. Yeah, so do I. Be nice to play some cricket. Well, there you go. That's why Chris Wokes is known as Captain America by a couple of the uh, England players. It's probably caught on a bit. And you can just see why he's known as the nicest man in cricket. I mean, he just is so... Uh, pleasant isn't he and he's had such a tough winter and well good luck to him really because he deserves a, a bit of fortune a bit of time on the field actually doesn't he so uh, watch this space uh, he's playing for Delhi Capitals I think the first match they have is about Sunday week don't know if he'll actually get in the side but but hope he does because he deserves some opportunity so that's Chris Wokes and uh, as I said next week in the virtual cricket club Thursday the 8th of April we've got David Gower uh, seven o'clock and then Jeffrey Boycott is appearing for us the week after on Wednesday the 14th of April. You can join our club by going to World's Best Cricket Club.
www.thecricketer.com. And also, just another reminder about The Cricketer as well, www.thecricketer.com slash centenary for that special £19.21 offer for six months subscription. It really is good. And I promise you, we're going to work extra hard to make the next few issues as good as possible. So I hope you can join us for the next issue of this. Actually, we're going to be looking ahead to the IPL and to the county season next week uh, with two separate podcasts with a couple of guests. So I hope you can join us for that. Happy Easter to everyone. And also, thanks so much for supporting this podcast and hope you'll continue to do so. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.